Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So here we go. This is the flagship show of the Positively Trek network. We're not a network. I get, we've got three shows, but I, why get hung up on on labels, right? Right? I, I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, I'm your host, Dan Gunther. With me, of course, is Bruce Gibson. And uh, yeah, we're fresh off of recording our last episode, which was the review of Moist Vessel. And we had a special guest in that episode, who is joining us for this episode as well. So everyone, please welcome Steve Shives. Not quite as special now, because I've already been here for the <laughs> for the review, but thank you very much for, for having me on. This is great. Yeah, it's like your old hat now. Like, we're, ah, we're he's done two shows, this whatever. <laughs> People are getting bored with you already. <laughs> Well, I think this is going to be a lot of fun because in this one, we're going to dig deep into uh, what you're all about and uh, what you do in the Star Trek universe, because I I think you do some pretty cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, One thing we do in this episode, in this part of the show as well, is we cover kind of the uh, week's news from Star Trek. And this was kind of a bit of a slow week for Star Trek news, but there was one thing that kind of came across our desk. And that's that CBS has decided to air Star Trek Discovery Season 1 on CBS. Uh, so this is pretty cool. Steve, what do you think of this development? Yeah, it's It's pretty cool just as, as a Star Trek fan because if you think about it, and, and, unless we're actually counting UPN as a network, which seems a little – you know, but I mean, uh, a Star Trek, an original Star Trek series has not aired in prime time on a major TV network since classic Trek aired for the first time on NBC. Uh, so even though it's like the first season of Discovery and to those of us who have watched it, it's it's like old episodes. There are, you know, millions and millions of people in, in across the country you know, who have not seen it because they didn't subscribe to CBS All Access and it'll be new to them. And it's pretty cool to to think that like, oh, there's going to be a Star Trek series airing in prime time on network television um, for the first time in 50 years. That's I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. And unfortunately, you know, the circumstances behind it are because of COVID and because TV production is, is still, you know, very much at a standstill and they have to show something. Uh, but even with that in mind, it's, it's pretty cool as a Star Trek fan to think like there's going to be Star Trek on primetime network TV again. Yeah, I mean, that really is cool. Mm-hmm. It has been, yeah, really since the original series, if like you said, if we're not counting UPN, um, that this is on a major <laughs> four network. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm really pleased by this. And I was hoping, and maybe like you said, Steve, because of COVID, this is happening. So this is a blessing in disguise. But, you know, I was really hoping they would do something like this eventually. Because when you put a series like this behind the paywall, 
even though maybe you premiered the first episode free or you put, you know, an episode out there for free, you really need the chance for those who didn't go and pay for the CBS All Access service to sample a series like this. And it, it, it sometimes it takes more than one episode. So what I'm hoping is that people will start to sample this like the first season and say, wow, I got to see the second season and this new third season. And they start subscribing to CBS All Access because there's so many times I say to people, oh, you should watch Discovery. Oh, I don't have CBS All Access. And sometimes they say, well, maybe I'll pay for it. Maybe I'll do the first week that's free and check it out and stuff but it's just so much easier when it's out there and i've noticed that viacom cbs has really been pushing their properties out into other areas we've had short treks for free on their youtube channel we've had lower decks appear on pluto tv on a star trek streaming channel now we have discovery showing up on cbs prime time it's like they're venturing the franchise out and of course with prodigy is going to be on nickelodeon so this is a really good sign of getting attention towards the franchise and hoping to bring people into the cbs all access uh, arena to see these series well i know that that is something that uh CBS Viacom is I mean they they I don't think they have any expectations that they could blow Star Trek up and have it be as big as Star Wars or as big as like the Marvel universe but I do I mean I I Kurtzman has said similar things like they're treating it like their version of a shared universe and that they would really like to expand it in that way because um, that's one of the things as Star Trek fans we sort of have to live with is even though everybody knows what Star Trek is and, every, and a lot of people really like Star Trek, it's never been quite at the level of like cultural saturation as Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like it's never been as big and ubiquitous. The movies have never quite made that much money. You know, they've never been like top 10 all time blockbusters. The The TV shows have been popular but have never been like number one shows. So I really think – they want to push in that direction and say, hey, we have something that could be, you know, of that level as well if we just, you know, promote it right. So I think this is definitely part of that as well. Yeah, I, I like the idea of getting it in front of more people's eyes and, you know, the more maybe the more casual viewers, like Bruce said, who would be just kind of flipping through uh, those of us who still have cable and, and stuff. I, I kind of forget what that world's like, but, you know, we'll catch this and say, oh, is, this is that new Star Trek series and just kind of check it out and maybe hook a few of those as well and, and, and create that audience. Well, it's funny when you just said like somebody's, oh, that's that new Star Trek series. I'm thinking there's, it's so weird because we're so used to having Discovery for the longest time now that there are so many people out there that like Star Trek, aren't big Star Trek fans, but like Star Trek that probably still have no idea that there's new Star Trek out there. And they're going to flip through the channels like, What's this? Was this a movie that came out that I missed or what? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just amazing to think that, you know, there's this series that's been out here for at least a couple of years and there's still some people who like Star Trek that aren't even aware that it exists. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about for sure. Uh well, let's uh let's get into kind of the main feature of this episode and uh as I mentioned, Steve Shives, who you've heard now, uh has joined us for this episode. Uh, now I'm, I'm going to admit a little bit that I'm, I'm kind of, uh, fanboying over here a little bit. Uh, I've long been a fan of Steve Shives, his Trek actually series on YouTube. If you haven't seen those and, and even the not actually Trek actually, actually, I, I just, I really get into those videos. 
Uh, so Steve, thank you so much for joining us. And why don't we start by, uh, you just telling us a little bit about some of the Star Trek projects that you do. Uh, so Trek actually, and, uh, also I understand you're, uh, part of a really fun and interesting podcast as well. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, my, my sort of flagship Star Trek related YouTube project is Trek actually, uh, which is my, I, I, it, it's usually a video about a particular question related to Star Trek, or there's some kind of a thesis related to Star Trek, a point I'm trying to make or a topic that I'm trying to explore. Um, and you know, the, and those videos are a lot of fun and, uh, have done really well for me and, you know, and, and are rooted in the fact that I've been a Star Trek fan since I was a little kid. Like I, I've, I've loved Star Trek for so long that when people ask me like, when did you first watch it? I cannot remember, you know, like as far as I know, I've, I've just always watched it. I'm pretty sure it would, the first time I saw it, it was one of the movies, um, one of the, the, the classic movies. Um, but I'm not sure which one and I'm not sure when that was, but I know it was, I'm, I'm 40. And, uh, so I was seven when TNG started and I was already watching then. So, um, it was at some point before TNG started that I got into the to the the classic Trek movie series. Um, but yeah, and then and then in addition to Trek, actually, the, the Trek actually videos are always very are always scripted, and you know I, I take a lot of time to to do those as as good as I can. And then I do sort of videos on off weeks occasionally that I call not actually Trek actually because and the running gag of that I always say at the beginning is I didn't put any effort into this at all. You know, this is just this is just a, a video I'm tossing <laughs> off just to do something, um, and and people you know people like those too, so that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it's and it's it started out because I did a video several years ago about the character of Captain Jellico from Chain of Command, which is maybe my maybe my favorite episode of TNG, um, and I noticed that a lot of people really really didn't like Captain Jellico, and I always thought he was kind of a good character. And, 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 and that a case could be made that he was, even though we're obviously supposed to take Captain Picard's side in that episode and, and Commander Riker's side as well when he has conflict with Jellicoe. Like, I always thought, well, actually, Jellicoe's not really that bad. I mean, if you look at the situation and you look at what he's trying to do, he's not like a villain or anything. Um, so that was the first video and people liked that. And I thought, oh, I'll just make more of these. And here we are. Um, and yeah, and then a few years ago, I, uh, I, my, my, Really, my best friend is a guy named Jason Harding, who has also done uh, stuff on YouTube, and he's a huge Star Trek fan as well. And he has a, a series of podcasts as a part of this podcast family that he produces called the Let Me Listen Podcasts. And he approached me about, do you want to do a Star Trek themed comedy podcast? And uh, we do. We've been we're in our third season now. It's called The Ensign's Log. And the premise of the show is that we play characters who are low ranking officers. Uh, serving aboard uh, Captain Kirk's Enterprise during the the uh, the original five year mission during the the original series era, and each one of our podcast episodes takes place in roughly the same time frame as an episode of Classic Trek, and it's sort of like what our characters are up to while the episode is kind of happening in the background, um, and it's so much fun. It's the most fun I've ever had doing anything on YouTube or podcasting or whatever. It's just a blast. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, and so whenever it, whenever 
people mention, you know, that they've listened to the Ensign's Log and they've enjoyed it. That's that's one of the most gratifying things to me because we just love doing that show so much. So your ensigns aboard the Enterprise during the five-year mission, this, yeah. I mean, this is the 23rd century edition of Lower Decks, basically. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny, like <laughs> people, because um, we've been doing the show for several years now. And uh, when Lower Decks was announced, some fans of our show were like, oh, how do you feel about how, you know, and I think they were, they were joking because, I mean, our show is not that popular i'm not i would i would be kind of surprised if anybody actually involved with the production of legitimate like canonical star trek had listened to our show but uh you know people were like oh they're ripping you off <laughs> you know like they're doing they're doing your <laughs> podcast and i i was always like i really don't think so guys like our our show is not and if if you listen to our show and you watch lower decks other than the very very general premise of it focuses on lower ranking officers on the ship. Other than that, like they're completely different shows. Like the tone of our show is very different. They're both comedies. We're both, they're both trying to make the audience laugh, but the tone of our show is totally different. The focus of our show is totally different. Um, and you know, and I, you know, and obviously like ours is a fan series. So really, I mean, they can't rip us off. Right. <laughs> like we're, you know, it's mm -hmm. an unofficial show. So like they can't like, what are we going to do? Sue them for doing stuff with their intellectual property? <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> I, I was going to say, so there's no uh, tardigrade style. Not uh, not, not that I am aware of. No, not that I have noticed. Well, even if they did uh, steal your idea, if they heard it, if anything, it's a compliment to you, you know, they, that you inspired the idea. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, because you have to think about it. Like, as I said, I mean, our show is basically audio fan fiction so if our audio fan fiction is good enough <laughs> you know that someone writing actual official star trek wants to rip it off like let go for it <laughs> you know like you're you're welcome yeah right? and what if they named a character after you in an episode how cool would that be right and what am i am i going to be mad no. Am I gonna be? Am I, am I gonna like be, be be mad at someone? It's even how dare they be a fan of our show and drop in a little inside joke about it? Like, come on! <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, that you've been a Star Trek fan for as long as you can remember, and and kind of have grown up watching Star Trek uh, since you know before memories yeah. that you can access, kind of thing. So in all those years, yeah. what does Star Trek mean to you? Like what 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 is the core reason behind why you're such a a big Star Trek fan? It's tough to pin down. I I've always loved uh space exploration. Like I've always been a a a great sort of nerd for for real life astronauts, you know, like I mean when I was when I was a little kid, uh, my parents got me like, you know, VHS tapes of documentaries about the moon landing and Project Mercury and all, you know, this 1960s NASA programs. And uh, I always loved movies like The Right Stuff that are based on actual, you know, uh, 
incidents from the space program. And so I've always loved that. And I love and I, I feel like I like Star Trek the best when it when it kind of evokes that when it when it when it, when it, it reminds me that, oh, these guys are astronauts. They're like the 23rd and 24th century versions of astronauts. You know, they're exploring the galaxy like there's something about that that is just innately compelling to me. Um and that's probably what got me into it at first when I was a kid. And then as I have grown older and become more sort of politically aware and socially conscious, um, I've, I, I love the fact that it has something to say. I love the fact that it's not just a fun sci-fi action adventure series, even though at its best, it totally works on that level. But I love the fact that it has something to say. That it's, that it's asking us to be better people, that it's asking us to be aware of problems that we face in our society right now, that it's, that it's calling us to improve our world today. That's really, really important to me. And it's one of the things that I think is, is a defining characteristic of Star Trek because there are other big sci-fi franchises that, that definitely have political content. I mean, even a lot of people think that Star Wars isn't political, but there's political content in Star Wars too. It's just not as overt. It's not as didactic. Star Trek gets kind of preachy sometimes. Um, but I like that. Like, I like the fact that it is, it is not only trying to tell me a story, but it's saying, look, if this is a, this is a problem in our society. And if you are contributing to it, you should stop and you should be trying to make it better. You know, and if you, see this, you should be doing something to help. Like this is something that needs to change. And and also, you know, presenting this sort of utopian future where the problems haven't completely been solved, but they've gotten rid of things like poverty. They've gotten rid of things like war, at least on earth um, and, 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 you know, racial discrimination and, and economic injustice. Like these things on earth have been completely eliminated by the time we get to the era of, of most Star Trek stories. So it gives us something to to aspire to. It tells us like if we can get past all this stuff, then there is a brighter future ahead. And that's that's really, really compelling uh, and really encouraging, too. So with all of that in mind, and and, and I, I really like that, I, I, I feel very much the same way about, you know, what Star Trek has meant to me as, as I grew up and that kind of thing. Uh, the current state of Star Trek with the current slate of television shows being produced, uh, how do you feel that that legacy has been carried on? And, and how do you feel about the current state of the Star Trek universe? I like all of the shows currently in production. I mean, I, um, I thought that the first season of Discovery that we mentioned already because they're airing it on CBS was uneven. But I didn't think it was bad at all. Like I, I, I enjoyed it, and um, and in terms of like the legacy of Star Trek and the, the parts of it that I was just talking about, there's a moment near the end of the first season of Discovery. And the first season of Discovery, like I said, in terms of in terms of the pacing and in terms of the plotting of it, I thought it was a little uneven. I thought like maybe they spent a little too long in the mirror universe, like they kind of got lost in there. I thought that you know the war storyline didn't really come through as strongly as they would have as, as I think they wanted it to but there's a scene in near the end of that season and it's the scene where Saru is sort of giving the pep talk to the crew um, before they're about to do their big attempt to do the multiple jumps and get out of the mirror universe and back to their to their own universe and Saru gives them a speech that is as pure 
classic Star Trek as anything I've ever heard. And it just filled my heart, you know, for him to say like, you know, like this ship doesn't belong to Captain Lorca anymore. It belongs to us. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to succeed, but I know that I'm surrounded by people that I trust. And like, there was just something about that that was so... I'm like, this is that that's that this could have been said on any Star Trek series made before this. It was just absolutely pure Star Trek teamwork and optimism. And, you know, we're if we stick together and we trust each other, we're going to get through this and we're going to see a better day as a result. And I just I love that. So I think even though a lot of people, you know, criticize the new shows for being too dark or too bleak or, or whatever, they still have that that foundation of what's really important, you know, and what the key to building a better world is. And it's, you know, sometimes you might forget your ideals. Sometimes you might forget what your principles are, but you rediscover them and you recommit to them and you commit to each other. You know, it's like Captain Pike says in season two of Discovery, you know, Starfleet is a promise. It's about you know, dedicating your lives to each other and serving a, a common cause and, and serving your ideals. Um, you know, so I, I think the new series and then P- Picard hits on similar notes, especially at the end of that season. Um, so I feel like maybe the new series take a little bit longer. They, they, they take you through some darkness and they take you through some grim parts on the way to the optimism and, and the, the more inspiring parts. But they definitely get there. And I feel like that part of the Star Trek legacy is for sure being carried on in, in the current crop of shows. But what would you say to those people who don't get that, who say this isn't Star Trek, this isn't working, it's terrible? <laughs> I would say, I mean, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I might say, well, watch something else. <laughs> you know, I mean, because you here's the thing, right? I, I, I feel like I've been fairly I've been fairly critical of the new shows while still liking them. And I think people, some, unfortunately, I think because of the proliferation of, of, of uh, YouTube and, and certain podcasts and just this, this, this idea that has sort of taken root on the internet among people who apparently never really read a whole lot of like film analysis or media analysis um, and don't really know what, what traditionally it is. They feel like being a critic just means talking about all the ways that something sucks. You know, like criticism has to be nitpicking and has to be just pointing out all the negative about something. And that's not what it is. I mean, being a critic means analyzing something, means expressing how you feel about a work of art or what you think about a work of art, articulating your response to it. You engage with art and then you articulate your response to it. That's what a critic does. And so I feel like I've been fairly critical of the new Star Trek shows, but I've also been honest about the fact that overall I, I like them, you know, but you don't have to like them. Like if somebody watches it and they genuinely don't like it, it's just not their thing. It doesn't connect with them for whatever reason. That's fine. But I do question why if you, if you really hate it this much, why you are spending so much time on it. Because like, you know, I, I got to a point, you know, another one of my big fandoms is superheroes and I have not enjoyed the newer DC comics movies at all. Like the ones, the, the DCEU starting with Man of Steel. Like I was super disappointed in Man of Steel. I didn't like it at all. I thought Batman v Superman was even worse. And at that point I said, okay, I'm just not going to watch these anymore. Like I'm just, I'm not enjoying them. They're not for me. They're not really what I'm, you know, so I'm just not 
I'm just not going to watch them. And I'm okay with that. And that's what I did, mm. <laughs> you know? And so if you, cause you're a sane human being <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. And it's like, you know, guys, like life is too short, you know? I mean, why would I, why, why would I go out of my way to engage with something that I know I'm going to hate and that I'm not going to be able to have anything positive to say about, or if I do, I'm going to have to force myself to find something positive to say about it. Just, you know, for the sake of it, like if you don't like the new Star Trek shows, that's fine. That you, you have a right to your opinion. Just, you know, you, you don't you don't have to watch, <laughs> you know, and you don't have to watch. Well, and, um, with, and with you being a YouTuber, I, I mean, does it bother yeah. you when you see these other YouTubers out there that they make their living on YouTube of just bashing stuff? And I feel a lot of times they're just bashing stuff just to bash stuff, but then they get tons sure. of followers because of that. Um, I mean, it bothers me. Because I, I mean, yeah, I do. I think there is a lot of disingenuousness to it. I mean, I think a lot of it is a grift to a certain extent. Like they know that there is an audience out there of very angry fans who feel aggrieved for whatever reason, who feel like the new stuff is not for them somehow. And they know that there is that that resource that they can tap into and profit from. And there's something about that that's very cynical that I don't like, um, and and that I and again that that I feel like coarsens the whole enterprise, you know, because it, that gives people, especially young people, teenagers, you know, impressionable people watching these videos and and thinking, you know, oh, that's that's what it means to be a critic of something. That's what it means to review a movie or review a TV show. You know, you just you just talk about how much you hate it. You know, or, or talk about how or, or you, you cast dispersions. On, I love this when they cast dispersions on the character of the people making the show as though like Alex Kurtzman and his writers are intentionally trying to annoy them or hurt them <laughs> right. or disrespect them. Like it makes it, it's so I mean, yeah, it, it bothers me. It bothers me. Um, but I also think about, you know, I I. You know, I do genuinely like the new shows. Um, I don't think they're perfect. I think they, I think all of them could be improved. But when I watch them, I'm not sorry I watched them, you know, and, and I, and that's, and so I'm going to keep saying that. Like, if that's honestly my, you know, when I, if I do a review video about an episode of Picard or Discovery or Lower Decks or whatever, um, I'm not going to, act like I hated it just because I think that's what people want to hear. Um, I'm going to say what I honestly think about it. And uh, that, that's, that's, that's all I can do. You know, that's all I can mm -hmm. do to counteract that. But yeah, of course it's, it's unfortunate that so much of it is negative. Uh, not just because they don't like it. Cause you, that's another thing you, you can, you can give a negative review of something and do it in a constructive way, you know, right. and do it in a way that you're not, you know, you're not questioning the motives of the creators or things like that. Like there's there's all of this really cynical conspiratorial thinking about like, oh, you know, like CBS is trying is trying to ruin Star Trek on purpose or CBS is trying to alienate fans like me on purpose for some reason. Like there's all of this really, really twisted thinking that goes behind a lot of it that um, is unfortunate, you know, and and. When they make videos about that, it just contributes to that and carries it on. And I'm not a big fan of that at all. Yeah.
I, I feel like there's a lot of projection out there. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm sure you've gotten this as well, where you get accused of being a CBS shill and that like CBS is paying you to speak highly of their product. And I'm like, you know, I, most of the people pushing this, I think, are doing it to get views and get money. So I, I think there's a bit yeah. of a projection problem there. <laughs> it's projection. And also, I think it's... um it's a lack of perspective. I because I get I've I've gotten that. Yeah, you're right. I've gotten that people people who could not believe that I genuinely liked the show because everybody mm. else they listened to was telling them that it was garbage and that there was nothing good about it and it was awful and it was the worst thing ever. And you know, I've gotten I got similar comments. I still get similar comments. Um, because I've, you know, I've said that I really, really liked the movie, uh, The Last Jedi. And there mm-hmm. were, and I still, and I've actually, I, my review of The Last Jedi was even more positive and effusive than my reviews of the new Star Trek shows. Because I really, really liked The Last Jedi. And I still get comments from people saying, yeah, but you didn't really though, right? Like, you're just <laughs> kidding, right? Like, you're just trolling. You didn't really like the movie that much, right? It's like they cannot fathom that somebody would genuinely like something that all of their peers or all of the people in their bubble that they pay attention to is telling them is bad. Um, and yeah, so I think that's part of it too. There is projection and there's also it just, just there's, there's a, a lack of perspective. There's a lack of, of, of just willingness to accept that, you know, just because you don't like it doesn't mean that somebody else can't like it, you know, cause there, there are movies that I absolutely love that I know people hate. And maybe I don't understand it from my perspective, but I I mean, I'm I I don't believe that they're lying to me when they say they don't (laughs) like it, you know. Or there are movies that I hate that people really love, and it's the same thing. Like I don't get it, but I'm not going to say that you're lying or that you're just trolling if you tell me you like the movie. Like that's it's entirely that's the way art works. Art is subjective. Yeah, I had the same experience with the Last Jedi because I I work on the Star Wars report, and we actually went to an advanced. press screening and came out saying we really liked the last jedi but then when and i and everybody in the room all the other critics or press or whatever that was there were talking favorably about the movie Mm -hmm. and i'm telling people oh you're gonna love it when it comes out but then the opposite Mm -hmm. started happening a lot of people are like i didn't (laughs) like it or whatever and then the same thing oh lucasfilm and disney's paying you to say you yeah. like i'm like no i wish they were paying me but i'm not oh well then you're just doing it because you want the perks <laughs> i'm like the only perks i get is maybe i go to a advanced screening three days before but that's like the only perk i get out from them you know it's crazy how they think that and it's also not contingent on a positive review either like right yeah it's 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 <laughs> nuts but then you know the popularity of of that negativity i mean there is popularity in positive thinking and reviews and stuff so what has been your breakout hit on youtube from your channel it's the um it's the trek actually videos i can't remember what what which one is the most popular but um it might actually because it's the oldest one it might be it still might be the captain jellico video but um I also I've done videos about uh, I did a video about Worf and whether the question of whether or not Worf is a great warrior and kind of you know poking at that trope because there's 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 a uh, you know it's it's actually on TV on the website TV tropes it's its own trope called the Worf effect you know where where like there's the Worf character who is supposedly you know the big tough guy but he loses all the fights because he's the guy that the villain beats up. 
to prove that the villain is is a threat, you know. So like we're we're told that Worf is this unstoppable killing machine, and he really loses most of the fights that he gets into. Um, but that's not actually true because you know, I mean, that happens a lot on TNG. But when Worf moves to Deep Space Nine, they actually let him win most of his fights. They actually sort of rehabilitate him, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> and let us see like, oh no, actually he can fight. You know, he's not just the guy who takes the fall to put over the villain. Um, so that was a good one. I've, I have, I, I've, among certain fans of mine, I feel like I have a somewhat undeserved reputation as a hater of Voyager. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I openly say that Voyager is my least favorite of the shows. But again, I think part of it is because, like, there's this assumption that you either have to love something or hate something. So when I say, like, Voyager is my least favorite Star Trek show, People and and I do like I do make jokes about it. I do make take little cheap shots at Voyager's expense. Um, but like I I mean I like I've said before. I mean I'm 40 years old. It, I don't unless the unless the movie or TV show I'm talking about is somehow morally repugnant to me. I don't hate it. Like not really. I might say that I hate it to express how much I don't like it, but I don't really like hate it. You know, unless mm-hmm. there's something evil about it. If it's just like a show that I don't think is very good, I don't hate it. You know, and there's parts of Voyager that I do really enjoy. And there are certain episodes of Voyager that I do get a kick out of. And, you know, it's it's not like it's the worst thing in the world. And, I mean, least favorite Star Trek show is still pretty high, generally speaking, on my list. <laughs> but, you know, people are like, oh, he hates Voyager. You know, and some of my anti-Voyager episodes have gotten – have become fairly popular. Um but I try to watch that because I don't want it to be like I, – I, I don't want to be one of those channels where people watch just to see me hate on stuff. Like I, I don't there's, – there's too much of that already. Like I don't want to be like, oh, let me do another video about this Voyager episode that I think sucks, mm-hmm. you know, because that feeds mm-hmm. that and I don't want to feed that, you know. Yeah. That's funny. I think in our review of Temporal Edict, Bruce, you said something like – uh, Lower Decks is not my favorite Star Trek series. Or, like, it was something fairly innocuous. And we did have uh, one comment in particular that was like, oh, I'm sorry, Bruce, that you uh, you hate Lower Decks or you don't like Lower Decks. And and you had to be like, no, 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 I, I didn't say that. I just said it's not my favorite of the <laughs> And even Star when Trek I said series. it won't be my favorite or it's not my favorite, I even said, it doesn't mean I still don't like it. I do like it. It's yeah. just not going to be my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny that people will just hear that and be like, yeah, it's that that false dichotomy that love you love it or you hate it. And uh, like I'm in the same boat. I've said several times Voyager is my least favorite Star Trek series. Um, I still recently did a rewatch of Voyager because it's Star Trek and, you know, love it or hate it. I don't hate it. (laughs) No, I just fell into that trap there. No, I, I really enjoy Voyager. It's still, like you said, above most other television because it's Star Trek. Yeah. And like if I didn't love this stuff, I wouldn't be watching it so much and I wouldn't be talking about it so much. Exactly. You know? I mean, yeah. I just don't. Yeah. Well, and it's. I think that a lot of people don't have experience themselves and also don't have experience with listening or watching other people who are capable of being critical of something that they still really like, you know, and that's something that, that on, on the Ensign's Log podcast, it's something that me and Jason do through, you know, uh, through sort of a, a fictional lens, through telling our own stories. We make fun of Star Trek all the time. 
And we make fun of Star Trek sometimes in really, really harsh ways. You know, if there's like a particular trope or there's like a plot hole or something, I mean, we will call attention to it and just beat on it until we can't get any more blood out of it. But hopefully (laughs) it comes across that we're doing it because we love it. You know, that one of the things that I love about Star Trek is that sometimes it's incredibly silly. It's in, it's absurd. It's goofy. It's ridiculous. It's difficult to take seriously. It's cheesy. You know, it's corny. Like there, there are, I, and I, that's part of what I like about it. You know, when I, I, I love watching classic Trek and, and, you know, um, the, 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 the fight music in a mock time when Kirk and Spock are having their duel to the death. And like, I mean, that I get such a kick out of that. And it's difficult to take seriously because it's so over the top and wacky, but that's what I love about it. And I can still make fun of it and point out that it's really, really goofy and still love it. You know, and I feel like a lot of people, again, because of that, that false dichotomy of you, you either love something completely uncritically or you hate everything about it and there's nothing in between. And that's too bad because I think people miss out on stuff like that. Well, it's people take a lot of this too seriously sometimes because it's on screen because, you know, Dan and I are very much into the books and comics also. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the gold key comics from the 70s oh. are just <laughs> atrocious, but they're so yeah. fun and so funny to read. But no one is going on YouTube or whatever going, oh, these gold key comics have ruined Star Trek. They did this for the hate. It's like no one seems to really care. But, man, if it's on screen, if they did gold key comics on screen, huh, forget it. This, everybody's yeah. going to go nuts. I, I adore the gold key comics. <laughs> they are so wrong. They are so bad. And I love them so much. Um, and I, I feel like it's good for me as a Star Trek fan to accept them because it gets you out of that headspace of, oh no, this is wrong. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. like it, it gets you more, you, you get it, you, it opens you up to accepting the story on its own terms and then judging it, you, whether you like it or not, you judge it on its own terms. You don't open the book or start the episode and go, oh no, that's wrong. That's wrong. They did that wrong. They missed that. Right. That's that, that, that's not right. Like that's, you know. You don't want to do that. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like just, okay, just l- watch the story, read the story they're telling, and then decide whether you like it or not based on its own merits. You know, don't immediately start looking for mistakes that they supposedly made. Uh, so on your channel, yeah. um, you uh, you do run a um, monthly poll with your Patreon supporters for, you know, upcoming topics and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious to hear, like, from you, though, what's kind of something that you haven't covered on the channel that you are just itching you really want to talk about? Oh, um, well, actually, the, uh, the, the topic that won the most recent poll that, I'm, that, that will be September's video uh, is one that I have wanted to do for a long time, and it finally won the poll. So I'm finally going to do it. And it, it it's a Voyager related topic. Um, it's about Tuvix mm. and whether and, and what happened. What you know, did, <laughs> like what what do we call that? Did Janeway murder him? Like what happened with two? Like what 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 is the deal with Tuvix? Um, so that's that's going to be a good one. Um, and there are a couple of other ones like. Um, there are some sort of speculative ones where I, I sort of think about like, you know, if something had happened differently, what would that be like? Like, um, I really loved the the version of Captain Pike from the Kelvin timeline movies played by Bruce Greenwood. 
And so I have a topic that I've put in the poll a couple of times that hasn't won yet of like, well, what if that version of Pike had survived? What if he hadn't been killed off in Star Trek Into Darkness? What might, you know, the Kelvin version of Pike have been going forward? Um, and, uh, oh, and there's one that I really want to do that ties into the comics because it's one of my favorite little bits of Star Trek trivia from the comics in the 80s was um, between uh, Star Trek 3 and Star Trek 4, the 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 uh, the Star Trek comics continued to be published, and they get, they had Captain Kirk basically take command of the starship Excelsior and go off on mm-hmm. adventures, you know, as the captain of the Excelsior in the comics between Star Trek three and Star Trek four. And then when Star Trek four was coming out, they wanted the comic to tie back into the movie, so they had to come up with all this incredibly convoluted, you know, like plot contrivance to explain like why they were back on Vulcan, why they had the Klingon ship again. <laughs> why they changed why back Sp- into their clothes. <laughs> why, yeah, why Spock was still, had lost his marbles again because yeah. in the comic Spock had recovered and was back in Starfleet. So they had to come up with a reason for why Spock was, you know, having to be re-educated again. And I just love that so much I because they had to sort of, you know, um, rush to make it work and be like, oh, wow, we've gone way far away from where they're going in the movies. We got to pull this back so that it all matches. And I would love to do a video about that because that's one of my favorite periods of Star Trek comics, just because the writers of the comics went off in their own direction and then had to haul it back, you know, in line with what they were doing in the, in the official productions. It was really cool. Yeah, And it kind of works. Oh, I mean, it's a little much, but it works. Yeah. They, yeah, it fits. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's super contrived, but I mean, yeah, it, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I, I think this has been a, a lot of fun. And honestly, listeners out there, if you haven't checked out Steve Shive's channel, go do that. Uh, some of the stuff is absolutely amazing. And uh, I, I'm really looking, f- I'm really looking forward to that Tuvix uh, video now because yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I haven't even written it yet. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, and yeah, we will have links in the show notes to, of course, your YouTube channel and the Ensign's Log podcast as well. Uh, is there anything else that our listeners might be interested in that you'd like to uh, share with us? Uh, oh, I well, um, I I also do little uh, action figure comics of Star Trek. Oh I yes, haven't, that's I, right. I've seen those. I, I haven't <laughs> done. I have I I have a couple that are done that I had that I still need to release, but I need to get back to work on those at some point and make some more. But yeah, I have. If anybody remembers those nine inch, uh, like uh, dolls, basically of uh, that they they had in the mid nineties and into the early two thousands. Those are the scale figures that I'm using, and uh, it's it's a, a photo comic book, or a photo comic strip, and the premise is that it takes place uh, about a year or so after the events of Star Trek Nemesis, and Captain Riker has been demoted back to commander, and he is once again serving on the Enterprise under Captain Picard, um, and and Riker is sort because Riker is my favorite character. I love I love Commander Riker, and uh, so the the premise of the strip is like sort of Riker basically just being a doofus and screwing everything up and um but I really enjoy those too. So and there you can find them on my Twitter and on Facebook and I share them on my YouTube feed. So they're pretty cool too. I they're like my little my little Star Trek babies. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, they can find you at uh at Steve underscore shives. Perfect. And uh, Bruce, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. 
perfect. And you can find me at Kurtrats. That's just Star Trek backwards. And uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Kurtrats Productions. And of course, find the show at Positively Trek on Twitter and on Facebook as well. We have a discussion group there. We've gotten a lot of new people uh, joining the group and we'd love to have even more. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, uh, go do that. It makes our numbers look good. We'd appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for listening and thank you, Steve, for joining us for these shows. It's been a a true pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for being on. Absolutely. It's been my pleasure. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Stay positive, everyone. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.